Hey, we're going we're gonna to get into God's Word, uh, the New Testament. Uh, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Uh, and of course, um, uh, we'll launch from uh, verses uh, 18 and through 22. And uh, the title of the message is uh, The A-Team. And uh, just really kind of, I want to walk us through this passage of Scripture. It's something that uh, has been on my heart for uh, several, several months. And just, uh, man, the significance of this passage and really believe that, hey, when I'm, I'm, I'm allowed the, the opportunity to share again, I, I believe that God is going to speak uh, to us through this passage of Scripture. I believe that we should have that expectation and anticipation every time that we come uh, together is that we're ready to receive from the Lord. Amen? And so Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, but uh, just quickly, if I can, I always like to kind of bring everyone up to speed on our family. Uh, last month in October, today's November 1, so last month in October, we had the joy of, of celebrating two birthdays in, in our household, in, in our family, and uh, our oldest child, Taylor, uh, uh, turned 25 and just a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful woman, uh, just excelling uh, professionally, uh, great wife, great mother. Uh, we're extremely proud of her. Uh, and then, of course, um, our baby, uh, baby uh, of the family on Monday uh, turned 15 uh, years old. And so she is, is growing up and developing uh, as a uh, just a beautiful young woman uh, that loves the Lord, and uh, so I had the privilege of of um, of, of going with her to the uh, uh, driver's license office, and uh, of course it was that time she uh, the other two Taylor and Grant were just kind of just uh, were not enthused, were not really active about driving, and just well, I'll get to it at some point. Uh, but for Chloe, she was she was at the door, ready to go when it opened at the uh, local driver's license office, and she was she was there. Had already taken her test, and so we went through that whole process, and and of course uh, we uh, visited the office there in Plant City, and and of course on the way back uh, to Lakeland, I said, you know what, you know Chloe, it's time. Uh, for you to drive, baby. And she was like, oh, no, Dad, no, 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 no. I said, no, why do we have your license? It's time to drive. Let's go. You can do this. And, uh, of course, uh, she did. She did a wonderful job. And then, of course, uh, today I had a chance to speak with Kelly this afternoon. And, and uh, she's just, before we can really even get through our hellos, it's uh, 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 Chloe needs driving lessons. Chloe needs driver lessons. Uh, we had one of those moments this afternoon. Uh, I just felt a lot closer to the Lord as I'm sitting over on the passenger side. Uh, so we're, we're praying, man, if you see one of our vehicles just kind of just, if you can't just pull off and let us kind of make our way through, there's, there's a good chance that Chloe may be behind the wheel, but she'll, she, you know what, she's going to learn, just like the rest of us in, in the house, right? We're going to learn. And then, of course, Grant, our son, uh, so proud of him and what he's doing with the uh, United States Marines and uh, serving our country, and of course, a sergeant. And uh, for him, even this past, uh, past month was a great experience uh, to where he was able to uh, pin uh, a, another um, uh, NCO. And so uh, that, is a, that is really a, a, a big deal, that someone else uh, looks to him as their leader, uh, has had influence uh, in their life, and uh, was asked by this uh, individual to, says, hey, I'm being promoted to corporal, will you pin me and pin me? And so that's a big deal. That was a big deal for Grant. 
And so he went through that whole process and uh, was able to do that in Cuba. And, of course, uh, he will be home with us uh, in approximately two months. And uh, there will be just uh, a great embrace, a great welcome home for him. But thank you. Thank you. We love, we love our kids. We love our grandkids and love what God is doing in their lives. And it's just as much as you do. I know that you're proud of your children as well. So uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. Uh, if I can, before we read the passage, just kind of uh, get us to where uh, I want us to be. Uh, Jesus is really uh, beginning his ministry, uh, is really beginning to preach uh, the message uh, to basically express that the, the, the Messiah is here. The Messiah has come. And, and through that process, through these early days, uh, just as any uh, great leader that is getting ready to launch his uh, corporation or launch his ministry begins to surround himself with key individuals. And so through this passage, we will see that transpire, take place to where Jesus is beginning to preach and he begins to kind of view the guys that are out and about and say, okay, who, who will I bring into my inner circle? Who will be a part of my leadership council to help me get this gospel message moving forward in a real and dynamic way? And so that's what we see where Jesus has left Nazareth. He's made his way to Capernaum, uh, right on the shore of Galilee, and he begins to select the first apostles that would serve in ministry with him. And it says that Jesus, uh, that uh, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray now, God, uh, that the words that are spoken, Lord, will find a place uh, within our hearts, within our minds, God, that will challenge us, Father, to continue to move forward in our faith, our walk with you. I pray now, God, that any hindrance that may be in the house, Father, that you would arrest that now, Lord, that our minds would be ready to receive. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I've had the joy of uh, really developing this message over uh, the last week, week and a half in preparing and uh, really uh, trying to say, okay, who, who, are the, who are the characters that we're looking at in this particular passage in Andrew and Peter, James and John? Who are they? Why, why is it that Jesus, as he's walking the shores of the Sea of Galilee, why, why is it that he would pick these four individuals? What are the qualifications, the qualities that he sees in each individual? I, I think that as we kind of walk through this passage and we have a moment of discovery tonight, uh, I believe that through my study and, and what we'll hear that I don't, I don't know that, that, that the apostles were really that much different than anyone that's in the house tonight. I believe that they possessed some of the same qualities that everyone has in the room. I believe the one thing that really sticks out to me in this passage is their desire to be obedient. I believe that that's the same spirit that as Christ followers that we should have as, as well. 
Uh, you have the handout there in front of you as we kind of begin to make our way and discover who Andrew was. Andrew was the first, first choice, the first selection, if you will. It was recorded that Andrew was the first apostle to kind of enter into the, into the scene. I, I, when I look at Andrew and say, okay, what is it about Andrew that really just jumps out to us? I, I can tell you that, first of all, his name, if you study his name, it means manly. I mean, if you're going to go for someone that's going to travel with you, that's going to do life with you, how many of you would say, man, I would like to have a man's man that's on my team that's able to kind of go and speak and, and prepare those that are coming in, the masses that are there. Andrew's a good guy. I can tell you that also that one of the, one of the strengths that Andrew possessed is that he had a great great hunger for the truth, had a great hunger for the truth. He often found himself around, around the master. That is, that's probably when we look at that, that quality that he possessed, how many of you would say that, man, you know what? I possess that same quality, that there's a hunger for Christ in my life as a Christ follower. I believe that that's something that we should all possess. And Andrew had that, that quality and that he possessed and said, man, I hunger, I hunger for the things of the Lord. With that being said, he also had his weakness in his life. Get this, the very first one that Jesus selected, Andrew, the weakness within his own life, he abandoned the Messiah. When it came time for Jesus' trial and his crucifixion, Andrew's nowhere to be found. That's something that we look at and say, okay, what is it? What is it about Andrew? Has a desire for, uh, for God, has a hunger for him. But yet at this season, when the most critical time comes for Jesus, Andrew's nowhere to be found. His death, Andrew suffered uh, death by crucifixion on an X-shaped cross. I think the life lesson that we, can, uh, that we can learn from the life of Andrew, and you can jot this down uh, on your note, uh, notes that you have, make Jesus the most important thing in life. Make Jesus the most important thing in life. Spend time each day with Jesus, and you'll discover the richness, uh, of, the following, uh, the richness of following the Messiah. John chapter 1, verse 41 says that Andrew quickly found his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah. How many of you would agree with me that if there's a possession of a quality that we should have, it should be a hunger for the things of the Lord, amen? That every day that we get up, we recommit to say, yes, when Jesus says, come and follow me on this day, we can say that God developed that appetite within me. God, let me push away any weaknesses that I may have, any character flaws that I may possess, any personality traits that may not be Christ-like. I pray, God, that they would be arrested in the name of Jesus and let my, let my appetite for you grow today. That's the life lesson that we have, to make Jesus the most important thing in our life. Peter, the brother of Andrew, is the one that's picked number two. Peter is selected. You, you guys know the stories of Peter. Peter and his, his natural gifts and talents. He's an aggressive individual. He would probably be labeled as an A-type personality. How many A-type personalities do we have in the room tonight? Just raise your hand. Go ahead and be a proud of that aggressiveness. That's Peter, an aggressiveness that he had. He was the spokesperson for the 12. He began to surface and he began to lead that group and his voice was often heard. 
He was also not only a part of the leadership council, but he was in the, the inner circle, the executive team, often being able to witness and to uh, experience some of the great miracles that Jesus would perform. He witnessed the transfiguration the strengths that we find in Peter's life is the fact that he was a fiercely loyal individual. Some of you may be able to say tonight that, you know what, that's the same quality that I possess. If, if anyone looks at my life, they say, man, absolutely, that is a loyal individual, the one that carries the banner for the company, the one that carries the banner for the gospel. I, too, am loyal. And we can resonate and connect with Peter and say that, yes, I too am a loyal person. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, which enabled him to, to preach the gospel message, to see thousands of people saved for the gospel. With that also being said, just as he was aggressive, he also was filled with great fear and doubt. Yes, he was the person, he was the one that went over the side of the boat and began to walk, but yet there was that fear, that doubt that crept in that began to see him sink in the depths of the water. We, we can also connect and, and, and say, yes, there's a part of me that also, man, if Peter is aggressive, there's also from time to time, there's a doubt that comes into my life. There are fears that I have. I feel that I'm inadequate, that I can't measure up. That is something that Peter had in his own life, ruled by his passions instead of faith in God. He too, get this now, Jesus is selecting. He says he's walking down the Sea of Galilee and he selects uh, Andrew, selects Peter. And his first two choices, selections, abandons him. Peter, to the degree that he denies them how many times? He denies him three times. But in those early days of ministry, Jesus looks beyond all of what he knows will transpire and happen. And he says, come and follow me. I know that there's going to come a day. Thinking in the back of his mind, Peter, you're going to deny me. But I still see qualities in you. There's an obedient spirit that resides in you. Come and follow me. Peter's death, crucifixion, by his own request, asked that he be crucified upside down out of respect and honor so that he is not worthy to be crucified in the manner of his Messiah. The life lesson, something that we can learn from Peter's own life, is that God works through us in spite of our human weaknesses. God works in spite of our human frailties. How many of you are rejoicing to know that, hey, we are all frail. We all have our weaknesses, but God still can work through men and women who are obedient in their heart. Amen? Acts chapter 10 says that Peter began to speak. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. 
That is something that we can hold on to and say that, God, let me begin to see humanity through the lens that you see them, to understand that this gospel message is for every tribe, every nation, every tongue. We will experience that on Sunday as we celebrate missions, to know that the gospel message today is still going around the world, and the lesson that Peter learned is a lesson that we can also learn, to know that gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. Amen? That's who it is for. James, James, one of the the individuals fishing with his father, the son of Zebedee, the third apostle picked by Jesus, favored by Jesus, also in the inner circle, witnessed many, many miracles, but full of great zeal and energy and passion. How many of you have ever been in a, 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 an environment or with a group of people to where there's always that guy that before the question can be asked, that they kind of throw their hand up and they're automatically saying, I'll do it, me, me, pick me, pick me, pick me. That's James, that's that guy that says, you know, you, James, you don't even know what the offer is and you're already jumping in saying, yes, pick me. That is, that's James with great zeal and great energy and someone that you'll want on your team to be able to push the gospel message forward to say, you know what, there are no barriers, there are no hindrances that can stop me back from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Count me in. My name's James. his strength that he had. When you look at the qualifications and say, why James? Why did, Je- why did Jesus select James? He was, again, just as, just as Andrew and Peter, he was uh, a loyal, a loyal follower, a loyal disciple. His weakness, James is often recorded and known to be rash, unthinking, lacked proper consideration, I think that the James, the other James, the author of the book of James, when he's writing uh, and, and recording, uh, he's probably in James chapter 1, you know the passage of Scripture where it says that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. He's probably thinking, hey, James, this, this is for you. You know, I'm writing this. Anybody that lacks wisdom, why don't you put the brakes on from time to time? I know that you've got great zeal, great energy. Man, I know that you're doing great things, but sometimes you just need to call a time out and sit still before the presence, in the presence of God and let God just speak to you to make sure that you're making wise choices. That may be someone in the house tonight to say, you know what, there are, there are moments that I really need to slow down and really allow God's wisdom to work in my life so that I'm making solid decisions. Did I, did I hear from the Lord? Am I sure that it's the Lord that's speaking to me? I wanna, I wanna do everything that I can to please him, but let me slow down. Let me, let me receive the wisdom that James was writing about. How many of you are grateful that we can ask for wisdom and that, that shall be given to us in generous portions without any qualifiers to it? And J- James says that it shall be given. I think the death that he experienced, and it's recorded, that because of his zeal and always desiring to be on the radar, led him to be the first of the apostles to be martyred. He was an easy pick. He said, we'll take him. He'll be the first one to give his life. A life lesson that we can learn from the life of James is that following Jesus can lead to hardship and persecution, but the reward is eternal life with him in heaven. Amen? 
I think that when we, when we talk about serving the Lord, there's something that is refreshing. There is a hope to know that our time here on earth is limited, but yet we spend eternity with the Father. Amen? That's when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, to know that we can rejoice today in the hope that we spend eternity with him. Amen? I had the, uh, uh, the, the privilege of praying with a family yesterday. We received a call from one of our friends. I had no idea who they were, but yet given 24 to 40 hours to live. They were at home. And so before I made my way home, I stopped by and ran in and, and gathered with the family and was able to ask this family, I'm, I'm not aware of who they are. Matt, do, do you know, was she able, was she able to accept Christ as her Lord and Savior. And without a doubt, they, they all shook their head. Yes, yes, she absolutely was able to accept Christ. She did attend church. She is a Christ follower. What a different prayer to be able to gather hands with that family in their time of need and say, God, here we are standing with someone that is about to enter into your presence and spend eternity with you. That's the hope that we have whenever Jesus looks at us and he says, come and follow me. To know that when we say that, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that my hope rests in him, that we too can enjoy the truth that James also experienced to know that his last breath here on the earth was in, his next breath was in the presence of God, eternal life, amen? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And the last, the last apostle of the four is John. If there, if there was a, a favorite among the apostles, John is called John the Beloved. Jesus loved the disciple John. I can tell you that if there's educators in the room, authors in the room, you would have an appreciation for John. For John authored five of the New Testament books. Here's what I can tell you. One thing that does not resonate with me with John, he, he had the ability for proper sentence structure. His grammar was phenomenal. I got to tell you, John was that guy. You guys understand. You educators know, man, John was the one that you could point to, and he's crafting and he's writing. The Spirit is working through him. He's the one that wrote five books, an incredible, incredible accomplishment for John. Of course, he and his brother were known as the Sons of Thunder, there was something that, that John and James both struggled with, and that was the fact that they were quick-tempered. Uh, they were immediately ready to call fire down. How many of you remember that, call the fire down? Anyone that opposed Jesus, opposed the message that Jesus Christ saved. That's James and, and John. I think that I probably have some sons of thunder in the room tonight. How many, how many would resonate? You don't have to raise your hand on that. 
All I can tell you is that Jesus said, come and follow me, and you're following him as well. How many of you know that, man, God is still at work in each and every one of us, kind of chiseling things away and saying, man, I'm, I'm gonna, you're not there yet, but I'm getting you to where the point uh, of, of transformation will take place. That's what happened in John's own life. His strength was the fact that he was one of the pillars of the early church, extremely loyal to Jesus, fiercely preached the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and then the experience came of a remarkable transformation in his life where he began to look through the lens that God sees humanity and there began to burst within his own life, begin to manifest the great love that God has for us, began to resemble and permeate from the life of John. John the beloved, he began to see humanity with great eyes of compassion and love. The weakness in his own life, of course, was before the transformation. And his inability to be able to understand that the message of forgiveness was for everyone. The death, exiled to the island of Patmos, Patmos, and the life lesson for us to learn tonight in the life of John is that as Christ loves us, we are to love others. 1 John 4, 16 and 17, and, and, so we now, and, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. That is a quality that if we, we are lacking in, we can possess that same quality of love, that as we experience God in fresh and new ways every day, we can begin to see even the person that has crossed us, maybe in business, in life, or that spouse that has abandoned us, we can pray, God, allow me to see that person, that individual, that situation through the lens that you look through because you created them. God, allow me to love them. Allow me to love even the unlovable. I love that phrase. That is a phrase that was coined by Matthew Barnett, the, the founder and creator, along with his father, of the Dream Center in Los Angeles. In his book, he writes and testifies that we were placed in a community that needed in incredible love, but no one was willing to go forward. We have an opportunity as a church this first Saturday in November to go into the community here in Lakeland, often, often a people group that has said that they are unloved, but Victory Church, Victory Church has stepped to the plate many times, time after time, to be able to express God's love to an unloved community, and we have that chance to do that again on Saturday, to be able to love God's creation in a real and tangible way. The apostles were all invited to follow after Jesus. Jesus extended the invitation, come and follow me. Jesus knew their weaknesses. Jesus knew their strengths. As God's spirit moves through this house tonight, that same invitation is going forth. I know your weaknesses. I know your challenges. But come and follow me. I find it interesting that in this passage uh, that we're looking at tonight that Jesus didn't say, come and follow me once you get cleaned up. Once you work out all of the, the personality quirks, uh, all of the character issues, uh, then come and follow me, guys. Uh, and, and by the way, why don't you take a bath because you kind of stink like fish right now. 
That wasn't the message. Those weren't his words. He said, come and follow me. I know the challenges that you have. I know the weaknesses that, are t- that have a tight, tight grip on your life. I know the stench of sin that is on your life, but come and follow me. That same invitation is there for all of us tonight as Christ followers to continue to move forward and do kingdom work, even though we are imperfect, that we have blemishes, we still have the opportunity to follow after Christ. How many of you know that when we, when we follow after Christ, when we hit, accept him as our Lord and Savior, that there's a new life that begins, amen? There's a new life that begins when we're following Jesus. Jesus may be calling us to a new adventure. When we're following Jesus, he may take you to a, a new setting in life, but I can tell you that when you're following Jesus, there is an expectation, there is a, a challenge, really uh, a requirement that says, hey, if you're following me, the one thing that we're looking at tonight, one quality that they all possess, that we all possess in this room, is to remain obedient. Number one, I can think as we, as we begin to wrap the message up tonight, number one, one of the takeaways for us tonight is obey God no matter what. Simply obey God no matter what. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, whatever may be transpiring in your life, you have to be committed to following God every day and say, I will be obedient, I will obey God no matter what. Billy Graham states, make sure of your commitment to Jesus Christ and seek to follow him every day. Don't be swayed by the false values and goals of this world, but put Christ and his will first in everything you do. I love James chapter 1, verse 22 in the New Living Translation. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. How many of you enjoy being around people that whenever there's a task to be done, that they're just not idly sitting on the sideline, but they're rolling their sleeves up and they're getting in the game with you. They're doing life with you and they're working to make sure that we accomplish one goal and that's to further the, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I can appreciate that. The disciples were all in. There was no hesitation they immediately, in the passage, were told that they immediately dropped their nets. They immediately left the boat, and they joined Jesus in his ministry. Who do you know that has left behind a promising or lucrative opportunity to take a job or follow a career because of their faith or Christian values? There may be someone in the house tonight that That is exactly who you are. You look back and you say, you know what? I had the opportunity to really kind of invest myself in a business, to relocate my family, but that's not where God had me. I know that God has me right here in Lakeland at Victory Church, ready to do kingdom work. How much value is on that? An abundance to be able to say, I follow after Christ, to know that there are people that are come on, come on to this campus. And, and I got to tell you right here in this message, this Sunday is a Sunday to be in the house of the Lord. Every Sunday is. But if you know the heartbeat of Victory Church, it is missions to know Christ and to make him known. There will be real heroes of the faith that are walking onto this campus that have 
have walked away from lucrative opportunities, successful careers, all for the further the, the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'll be right here on our campus on Sunday morning. I hope that you're here in the house to cheer them on in the faith and believe in them and to support them in prayer. Those are our missionaries that will be with us on Sunday. Charles Stanley states that you never go wrong by obeying God, but you will always regret it when you don't trust him. When Jesus calls, what will our response be? There are moments that Jesus begins to call us over a period of time But then there are those moments that Jesus gives us an opportunity to serve in the kingdom, to do kingdom work in a dramatic fashion to where he says, come and follow me. There are just those moments that you don't have to necessarily say, I need to pray about it. You know that God's spirit is already prompting in you. You just need to have the courage to step out and to move forward. That's the only thing that God is asking us to do in the house tonight is come and follow me. That when Jesus calls us to an opportunity of service, our response should be with obedience and with an understanding and trust that God will equip us for the task. The second thing and the last thing, Dave, you and God, you guys can come to the uh, platform now, is this, is that God will equip us. God will equip us. In the passage, as he's walking the, the Sea of Galilee, he says, come and follow me, and then he follows that up with, with what? And I will make you fishers of men. I'm glad that my teacher, the one that I get to do life with, is the Savior of the world, the one that will equip me, that will make sure that I have the right tools in my hand to do kingdom work. It is Jesus that says that I will make you fishers of men. We get to do life with the Messiah. We get to do life and follow him and say, God, what are the examples that you've given to us? When the, the apostles are doing life with him, they're able to say, okay, how do, I, how do I extend forgiveness? What does that look like whenever there's a crowd that they have the stones raised up? And Jesus communicates, hey, let, let he who is without sin do what? Cast the first stone. Hey, listen, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, guys. But love your neighbor also in the same way that you love yourself. That's the call that we have, the invitation tonight to say that, man, there's opportunities that surround us to serve in ministry. Every day, there's a new invitation to come and follow me. And I will make you exactly what you need to be. I will equip you at the moment that you need to be equipped to accomplish the task. Acts chapter 1. As Jesus is preparing to leave, he's communicating to his group of apostles, his disciples. In verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit 
comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit equipped the apostles to do the work that Jesus called them to do. You and I are empowered today with the same Holy Spirit to continue to move forward, accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God. Some 2,000 years ago, when he walked the face of this earth, that same spirit is still moving and saying, hey, I understand the weaknesses and the challenges that you have in your own life. I see your bio, I see your resume, and I'm calling you. I'm calling you into a great service Don't allow fear to overwhelm you. Don't allow doubt to creep in. Because there's a a tool that's within you. It's the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, you will be empowered to do my work. Amen? When we are obedient to the call of God, stand with me tonight. We follow Jesus no matter the cost. We follow Jesus no matter the consequences. And we can, we, can, we can rest in the truth and the knowledge that our Savior will equip us to do a kingdom work. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for allowing us to come together to hear your word. God, when we look at our own resume, when we look at our own qualifications, God, we, we in, our, in our own mind, we disqualify ourselves because we just see those imperfections, that we have no place in the kingdom. We have no place in ministry. But that is nothing more than a lie from the enemy. For what you see are the sons and the daughters of the Most High who have been forgiven, who have been restored because of what your son, Jesus Christ, did on the cross for humanity. I pray, God, that we will have great boldness and great courage. God, that we'll begin to look at ourselves, Father, differently. To understand that we do not live in a a performance-based economy with you. God, there is no action, there is no prayer that we can say, but God, you desire an obedient heart and that you love us. God, even when we look unlovable, I pray, God, that you allow us to continue to move forward. God, to do a great work in the days to come. Lord, there's an opportunity in just a few days to make a difference in this community. I pray, God, that that passion, that fire that's within us to go into our community and to love this community, God, will swell within this group of believers, that people will begin to register and step forward. God, that we'll begin to identify opportunities with care ministry, Lord, to show great care for the body of believers here, not only in this church, but in this community. I pray, God, that you will just begin to move in the hearts and minds of individuals that that would love to be a small group leader, would love to be able to serve, but they look at their own bio, their own resume, and they disqualify themselves. I pray, God, that that doubt and that fear be removed. Let them step forward and ready to, to disciple someone for the kingdom. 
I pray now, God, that you would speak to us in this time. I can tell you that our altar team is here. If you'd like to move forward, come forward and believe that God is going to do a work in your life. They're here to come in agreement with you. Pastor Dave is going to lead us in a, in a song. But if that's you, if that's you to say, man, I need to move forward. And I need to, to say that, God, man, I need your help. I need to be reminded that you're going to equip me to do great kingdom work. God, I know that you're calling me. Let me step forward. Let me take that invitation. And let me begin to follow you in a new and fresh way. Amen.